0: What's going on guys? Welcome to another episode of Eastern Current. Uh, excited about our guests tonight. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff that really interests me and, and an area that's real inspiring and, and interesting to me as well. Um, before we get going, I want to talk to you all about today's sponsor of this episode. I'm going to pull their slide up. Um, but this is uh, J&J Boat Services, uh, detailing and diving specialists. If you need your boat detailed in the, in the greater Wilmington area, they're awesome. They've been doing my boats and, and just spotless work. Uh, A really, really great company and just as professional as professional can be as far as, you know, uh, the boat industry, you know, with the way the economy is right now, I feel like people are kind of getting a little slack on on, on some departments, but man, they're just so professional. They're they're earning your business and they're just great people to work with. So um, give them a call. If you use the code EC2022, you'll get 10% off on your first service. So um, definitely do that when you give them a call or email, but I will have all their information linked in the podcast show notes and the YouTube description so you can find it there. Uh, but excited about this podcast. Like I was saying, uh, I'm going to go ahead and bring on our special guest here. It is captain Jay Withers. What's going on, man?
1: How you doing, buddy? Oh,
0: doing good. Yeah. Doing good. We were just talking before we got on here and I was like, man, this is, this is going to be a great podcast. We need to shut up and press record because we're, <laughs> we're letting too much good stuff slide here. Uh,
1: that's all right, man. That's all right. Well,
0: <laughs> we can talk about it. I can talk about it for days. I mean, it is what it is. For right? sure. For sure, man. Well, well, why don't we get started, um, you know, I, well, I'll, I'll kind of share how I found you. Well, first off, through on Waypoint TV, seeing your TV show, seeing your stuff on, right on. Instagram, um, and just really fun dude to follow. I really liked. I was like, you have a path a Pathfinder and a Maverick. I have a Pathfinder and a Maverick. I feel like, I mean, what, I mean, I guess a lot of people might have <laughs> yeah. Pathfinders and Mavericks, but but it was. I was like, man, I think we're like you know, soul brothers in different areas fishing. Yeah. So. Um excited to have you on here and uh and, and kind of pick your brain a little bit. But why don't you tell people your story? You were sharing it with me before we got on here, but um just kinda of how you how you got into guiding and, and how it's brought you to where you are right now.
1: Yeah. Well first I appreciate the opportunity, man. I always dig doing these and and back when I first started it was, you know, podcasts just by words and not this video right, stuff, which right, I did, right? right. right. Um uh, but anyway, so yeah, my story is uh maybe not, not the typical, you know, like all of a sudden we're, just decided we're going to be a fishing guide and you already have a boat and you're ready to go. Uh, mine started um, from in Ohio. I, I lived in Ohio. I was a diamond dealer and jewelry designer. Um, that's all I did. That's, that's what my wife knew. And we'd been married for a number of years at that point. And, um, you know, fast forward a little bit. I, I basically came down to Florida on a fishing vacation. Uh, leading up to that, uh, I was on trips in the diamond business, you know, they never send jewelers to cold places. So we always went to like San Diego or Savannah, Georgia or Orlando, of course, or Miami. Well, I hired fishing guides yeah. in, in those trips and, and honestly, that's what kind of got the bug, but I hired a guy out of Anime islands, uh, back in, I guess, 1998 and, uh, and we just, we went fishing, We red fishing and caught a pile of them and guy had a little 18 foot flats boat flip flop shorts t-shirt i gave him 500 dollars at the end of the day and i jumped back on the plane the next day the snow sleet and suit and tie and french cuffs and yeah. i'm like i don't know this this doesn't seem right <laughs> <laughs> so, so really that's kind of what started in my mind and um you know a couple years later i, I flew back down uh on a fishing vacation for sure um and that was really just to uh, kind of get my mind, you know, to kind of really dial in a program. that's like, is this really where, what I want to do and where I want to live? Right. So I moved. I came down to Port Charlotte. It's right on Charlotte Harbor. I literally found Charlotte Harbor on the atlas back when we used to use the atlas, right? Yeah. <laughs> now, now we just Google it. But, um, but anyway, I found Charlotte Harbor on the atlas, and it was, you know, there's no no giant buildings on the on the property or you know on the land and and of course having said you know like aquatic preserve it was part of so i was like Man, this could be pretty cool so i came down um and i hung out at tackle shops just listened you know tackle shop talk you can hear a lot of stuff yeah some good some bad right that's very <laughs> but, true uh hung out at some tackle shops and went and looked uh, for some properties uh with you know because i was trying to put my uh, like ducks in a row to convince my wife it'd be a good idea to move to Florida. So, um, flew back to Ohio and, um, took my wife to a Monday football game and, uh, just, you know, like beer and nachos and say, Hey, uh, what, what do you think about moving to Florida so I can be a fishing guide? And and she was like, she didn't understand because at first, you know, I being in the diamond business, that's all she knew.
0: Right, and, right. And,
1: you know, she was like, well, you know, maybe go and start another shop down there. I'm like, nah, I'm thinking about being a fishing guy. And she's like, you know, if you think it'll work, let's do it. Now, don't get me wrong. There was some, like, I had to, you know, put some other things into the kitty. Like, uh, you can build a house you want. Uh, that was part of the deal. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still working on Rope in the Moon. <laughs> but, but you know, there was, she, I think she saw it. In me, where you know the diving business was good. I mean, we were married earlier in our twenties, and and you know for uh, many years, you know, just she and I, the diving business was good to us. Yeah. But it did have its fifteen hundred square foot office, seven days a week, in many cases, um, and yeah, I just didn't see myself doing that for thirty years.
0: Right. right. So
1: that's really where it come down to, and. Um, when she gave me the green light, she believed in that I'd be able to pull it off. And uh, in three months, we sold everything we owned. I moved to Florida in Port Charlotte, rented a house in um, in 2001, January of '01. Uh, she was committed to her job until March, and I literally fished every day. Yeah, I, I had I had some family. It was about maybe an hour north of me. Um, and I used to come down as a kid, you know, like. 15 years old and yeah. fished the skyway bridge uh but that was like that's the only real fishing i did in florida wow uh, and i never fished charlotte harbor a day in my life prior to moving here. <laughs> that's There'd cool be a fishing guide that's there. super cool so, so you know I, I think that you know a lot of times it's you know you hear people talk about whether you jump off with one foot or two and uh, that was full leap buddy <laughs>
0: yeah man that's fully. just cool and that's what a great wife to just be like sure if you think it, that that's something oh. we can do and just to, to to trust you and to be that support yeah. there man that's that's super super awesome
1: oh no doubt and you know honestly you hear about all the time it's like you know a lot of times success is, is you know brought on by not just hard work but you know your support system and for sure she's 100% being behind me in this and, and I tell people all the time it's like Look, I may I may have some charisma and some personality, but she's got all the brains, and she's the one that has you know like, hey, you can make this happen. <laughs> and uh, and really, that's that's what it is. And I tell people, you get a chance to meet her, you'll understand why.
0: Yeah, you know? definitely, it, definitely. It is. Man, that's cool. That's super cool. So coming down here, starting to fish every day. What was the learning curve like? Like coming into a new fishery and <laughs> actually being able to fish every single day. Did and I'm sure people are like, where the heck did this guy come from? Because like I I've got a I've got a good Finger on like boats, like when I see a new boat around, and, and there's a lot of boats oh, yeah. around. But you kind of are like, okay, I haven't seen that boat. But then when I, if I started to just see like a, a different flat skiff like every single day where I was, I'd be like, what the heck? Where where did this person come from? <laughs> so how did that whole how did that whole thing kind of unfold for you?
1: Well, to be honest with you, it was an ugly start for me because I brought <laughs> my old bass boat with me heck, behind yeah. my U-Haul, and yes, I quickly realized the bass boat wasn't going to cut it in Charlotte Harbor. It just that just wasn't the program yeah but i promise you i probably did some wrong things in that boat people realize they're like Who, who's that joker right you right. Know, i was that guy <laughs> but um, everyone has been that yeah. guy oh 100 right so i sold that bass boat and bought a 1989 permit flats boat nice they were made they were made in like cape coral fort myers area and um and it was, I mean, it was 1989. It was an old one. Yeah. Old, the Yamaha 150 on a Pro-V. And um, that's honestly what I learned Charlotte Harbor. And no GPS. I ran i ran the boat for basically two years, no GPS. Yeah. Didn't know where I was going. <laughs> but You found but, your uh, way. I did.
0: You're here uh, now. I
1: did so many wrong things in that boat. But, you know, and back then, too, you can appreciate this. You know, people used to scout with their trolling motor. Yeah. (laughs) Or the push pole, right? Right, right. So that doesn't happen. You're telling me you can find fish
0: with a push pole?
1: Funny enough, right? (laughs) Funny enough. So so anyway, I um I spent a lot of time on the water, uh, whether I had clients or not, you know, and it took me a little while to get some time. uh, you know, enough time on the water, go had to go through classes, get my license. Um, but, you know, I started guiding and um you know, I did odd end jobs. I worked for my stepfather um, just to try to make ends meet as I was building this, and uh, and yeah, I mean, when you start out with an old beat, nineteen eighty nine flatsbode, but knowing that you're going to use that as learning curve, right? Uh, it was it was the best humbling start you could have. I feel because I didn't know anybody. You know, I, my stepfather lived an hour north of me. But I wasn't driving up there all the time. I had, this is home.
0: Right, right here. Right. So
1: uh, that's where, you know, the jumping in with both feet, I think, um, that's the best advice I give to a lot of new guys is and say, well, maybe I'll just do it on the weekends or maybe I'll just do it for a little extra money here. I'm like, look, if if that's what you want to do for a living, it's like all in.
0: Yeah, 100%. Because it
1: makes you run it like a business too. That's the other thing. There's a lot of... A lot of fishing guides you've probably seen it where you live. That sometimes they're here for two or three years and they're gone. Right. Hey, I've been doing it almost twenty years. I've seen a lot of those come and go. Mm-hmm. But uh, the reality is, uh, you put your time in, and um, and more people think that the guide business, as you know, is is all about catching fish. But the reality is, it's it's a people business. It's a relationship business. Definitely. Um, so I think that's a that was a big part of my, you know, learning being in the diving business. I was already in a relationship type business there, and I just kind of took a little bit of that yeah. and took and took what I knew in the bass fishing business. Because yeah. <laughs> I bass fished all my life. Yeah. That's all I ever did, right? That's what you do in Ohio. Right. And I brought those bass techniques. Much of it's similar gear. Yeah. You know, spin rods, light spin rods, uh, spin reel, 3,000 series spin reels. And, and brought that game to the inshore, and um, and ended up catching some nice redfish and snook, and so it's all
0: about building confidence at that point. Definitely. Did you find yourself quickly gravitating to a certain style of fishing here or where you were? Like you were like, wow, this is I can definitely see this being a big part of of, of my you know my my day to day. What was what, what Was it a certain fish or a certain style of fish or anything like that?
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, and funny you ask that question because. I I feel like where, what really turned it on for me was uh, redfish and tarpon yeah. and and uh, the quick funny story about the redfish is I can catch them on top water I can catch larger of bass on top water yeah so that started catching some snook too but um, something about being you able to know, sight fish redfish was super dialed in for me like I I really appreciated that type of fishery. Yeah, um and then not knowing any different, I hooked and lost my first tarpon under the bridge and on the Peace River. Heck yeah, not fishing for tarpon, as <laughs> most people catch their first one, not fishing for them. But this giant fish jumps up behind my boats attached to my rod, and I'm like, "That's the beautiful, most beautiful thing I've ever seen in the water!" <laughs> right? So, so honestly, I just started like kind of honing in some skills on on redfish and tarpon, and then it just so happens that, you know, the tournament scene yeah. uh, was redfish and tarpon. So I really kind of focused on those two species. Yeah. Um, I figure if I can try to develop a little niche in this business uh, for targeting either one of those species, uh, I feel like it's enough draw that it would help build a business, and it has. For sure. Has, for, for sure.
0: sure. Growing your business, I feel like you started at such a great time, too, Is like, it it, it was it was a time that you, I mean, I, I don't know how you, it'd be so hard to get into guiding now. Like, I've only been, I've been guiding eight years full time, and it was, I feel like, even less competitive then, but now there's just so many people, and everyone now is, oh. you know, you and I, I feel like, are pretty, pretty savvy, tech savvy, and, and in with the, you know, you've got your TV show, and, and really good on social media. But now like every single person in any type of business platform is like dialed in on that stuff and, and, and even fishing yeah. guides. And so it's, I feel like trying to break through now is even harder to do. Um, but I don't know. I don't even know if that was a yeah, question now, or a statement.
1: <laughs> uh, but I, I would agree with you, but I will say that some of the younger new generation guides, um, are pretty savvy with social media. Yeah. Like I, I, I still don't fully grasp all what it can do, right? right I mean, right, I, right. I try to, you know, like, definitely do my part, but, you know, I'm dancing at 50 years old. I, I'm kind of the old curve, right? Right, right. So, So, when I, I mean, when I started, God, there was no Facebook. There was no Instagram. There was yellow page ads, and you had to do seminars and yell at the top of your lungs to get a couple people to come fish with you, yeah, right? Yeah, So
0: What is yellow so they, page ads? I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> no doubt, yeah, no doubt. I I tell you, that goes back to the reference of, of the Atlas as right, well. <laughs> right, right. So, so anyway, but I think now with these guys, um, they're really dialed into how they can use and utilize those social media platforms to build business. Um, at, at least they're going that route instead of just waiting for the phone to ring. You know, they're some of them are pretty. Pretty savvy on and getting that business, and I do think that sometimes it gets a little, you know, Instagram versus reality. Definitely, because because I'm guilty of it as well. You're not gonna see a whole lot of posts of it's an awful day, but those days happen. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and I don't know that you know I, I there's I've had shows I've filmed shows that have been awful, but I'm like maybe we should actually like have this as a show right i mean this stuff happens but people don't want to see that they want to see like you're jacking fish and tarpon flying in the air but um i don't know i think now you're right i think that it's probably tougher now it is uh heavily saturated for with sure number of fishing guides um but i think there's a lot of businesses that way
0: yeah i mean it's it's any business really it's, it's so competitive yeah. now and um, but especially yep. I, I feel like, I mean, I don't blame anyone that wants to get into guiding. It's definitely something that that has gotten popular and, um, you know, I think social media is the rise of the fishing and hunting industry in a big way. And, um, yeah, that, I mean, that's a whole podcast topic in itself, but <laughs> I get talking about media and content and whatnot. I'd love to hear kind of how, where, where the TV show kind of came into it. Um, and how that started for you.
1: Yeah. So, uh, I feel like it's been a whirlwind. I mean, we, we just, we're filming right now for season four, uh, and it looks like uh, episode one is going to come out first part of April, nice. of season four. So, um, but you know, honestly, as a kid, I mean, I feel like if you have the passion of fishing and, and you watch these guys, I, I was watching Bill Dance and, and Roland Martins of the world and, and Jimmy right. Houston's. I, I was like, man, that, what kind of dream job is that, right? <laughs> uh so i feel like i've always had that in me i feel like now as i've you know kind of grown in the fishing industry um that it's more than just having a show it's it's more for me anyway it's one it's time for i get to fish right and you know as, as a fishing guy, we don't always get to fish for we sure We live care by somebody else's rod tip right? <laughs>
0: right
1: um but the reality is um Having the show gives me an opportunity to visit new places, uh, new fisheries. Uh, sometimes catch fish I've never caught before. Uh, I still have a running list of fish that I haven't caught before, both freshwater and saltwater. Um, and I, I feel like it's it's a way for me to share really what what gets me up in the morning. For sure. And it, as cliche as it sounds, like oh, it's like oh, it's a big ham show. The reality is, I want people to like. After they see an episode, I want people to be like, man, that place was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, for sure. We need to sure. either
1: fish with that guy that was, you know, the co-host of the show, or or maybe I, I film it myself and, and we talk about different techniques. They want to be able to pick up some different techniques. That's a little bit of sharing about what I can do, and I just now do it on just a broader scale. Yeah.
0: yeah, definitely. That That's awesome, man. I think that's cool. I think the teaching aspect it's a guide is something that you've got to be passionate about, um you know, to be a not to say you can't be a good guide, not be a good teacher, but I feel like that's a big part of it because you know I can I can go out there and catch no fish, but I can still teach an angler a lot about what we're doing, why yeah. we're there, why the fish aren't cooperating, why they are cooperating, you know, and and maybe why the cast wasn't in the right place. Or you know, I'm always trying yeah. to, to take each moment to to teach because that's something I know I can give someone. I can't always give someone a fish. Someone on a podcast, I can't remember who it was, but I've used this a lot lately. But they said. You know, guiding is the only job in the world where, whether it's hunting or fishing, where like you can do everything right, prepare. You know, spend hours the night before, getting your boat ready and your gear ready, and go out there. But you're still like hoping that this wild animal cooperates the way you want them to. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. it's
1: I, and, and people ask me it's, to that point. I've had people ask me, "Well, why won't they eat?" I'm like, "Look, if I if I could tell you why they're not eating in this very moment." One, my rates would probably be different. (laughs) If I could put, I haven't figured out how to force feed them and I haven't figured out how to control the weather. Beyond that, we're going to have a great time on the boat. For sure. Um, For sure. (laughs) But, you know, I I think you're right. I think a big part of, you know, being a guide is, is, yeah, the fishing is definitely part of the game. I mean, I think a lot of people, and I only say this because I was that guy, meaning I was the one hiring the fishing guides. When I was in the down business, I hired a pile of fishing guides from San Diego to Savannah to Miami to Orlando right. to Tampa. Um, and, I mean, I saw the good, bad, and the ugly. Mm-hmm. Some, of, some of them definitely were in the game for the right reasons. <laughs> some of them were not.
0: Right, right. But, right.
1: Um, but I think that, you know, to fall back on what you were saying, I think that uh, many times, you know, if you get – if you, if you get on a boat and the guy that you have, the fishing guy that you have, that you booked for the day, um, has the right attitude from the very beginning, it, the fishing is secondary. For sure. You know, it, the worst thing on the planet is to get on a boat with a guy for six or eight hours and the guy, one, doesn't talk, which would drive me crazy, because um, I like to talk I you
0: that Me out, too. I not. do too.
1: But but yeah, I mean, if you just got a bad attitude, it's it's no good. I mean, for sure. I I mentioned I'm almost twenty years into this game. I know some guys that are kind of salty and a little crusty at twenty years. Um, I hope I don't get to that point. Uh, but I feel like you know uh, I'm fortunate enough to have really good repeat clients year after year. And uh, I mean, that takes work. That doesn't happen overnight. I mean, for sure first three or four years i was here i you know there wasn't a wasn't a whole lot of fans of jay withers here uh (laughs) you know in this little tiny hometown yeah um so it everything comes with a little due time and some respect and and uh humility in a lot of ways and and that's really what what started that whole you know business they were like all right so he's here to stay yeah yeah he's doing the right thing Running it like a business and, for sure. and that's really where it's kind of been catapulted from there since.
0: Definitely. I mean, I, I think that's cool and, and you gotta think everyone gets their start and then all of a sudden they've been around for a little while and everyone's like, Oh that, you know, they're they're pretty cool. It's like everyone wants to point fingers at the new guy and be like, Oh man, he that guy didn't deserve to be guiding here or fishing here, but it is yeah. kind of like a you watch all those old, or those like Alaska TV shows, like the king crab shows and stuff like that. Yeah. It's like the Green Horn, and they got to earn their stripes, and then everyone picks yeah. on them at first, and everyone's like, you know, that guy's not too bad, and then he's he kind of earns the respect. For everyone else, it's funny how how that is, but at the same time, I just talked about this a little bit on a on a podcast like a week ago. There's a lot of guy drama. There's always guy drama, and, oh, and oh, it's and my wife, she's a hairstylist, and and she has her own salon now, but. When she worked at a at another salon, you know, I've always I've always heard you know hairstylists the most dramatic people always you know gossip all kinds of bull crap. and yeah. she was like I have never heard more dramatic people than the fishing guides that you talk about. It's like he he was fishing in my area, I fished in his buddy showed me that spot like all this just constant drama. Yeah. Especially when we first when I was younger and we first met, it was just like and now now I've really you know I've I've chosen to to kind of. Not let it bug, bug or bug me as much, and, and not get in the middle of that stuff. But it's funny the the guy drama. It's like a bunch of middle school girls sometimes, at least where I am here in North Carolina. So,
1: oh, it doesn't change in South Florida.
0: <laughs> <there>. I figure <laughs> South Florida is probably the same, if not worse.
1: Yeah, I you know here I, I don't know how many registered uh, guys there are in this and just in this county, even Charlotte and Lee County. But um, you know we definitely have our fair share of our drama, and and I and I. Honestly, over those years, you know, I out of the tournament scene, yeah. and just kind of nose to the grindstone, doing my own thing. Um, I try not to get wrapped up in that. Um, most generally, it has zero effect on me, right? So I I don't know why I'd put that much headspace uh, for that, but for sure, um, I do get sucked into it sometimes. I I'll admit to it, but <laughs> most of the time that's from uh, new guys uh in in the in the guide community that um are kind of like learning the ropes and i was For there sure. I, I did lots of wrong things i'm sure right uh and and i'm sure some of these new guys do the same um now with social media they can get called out on it a lot easier yeah.
0: um
1: probably a good thing that it wasn't facebook or instagram when i started guiding <laughs> but um but, you know, I think that people just need to be respectful for people, others that are on the water, whether they're, you know, just doing it on the weekend to, to you know, make a little extra money. Um, I get it. I, I, I totally get it. And I, that's where many times people get wrapped up in what other people are doing.
0: Right.
1: And it shouldn't affect you at all. No. I mean, no, it shouldn't. I, and we're all guilty of it. It is what it is. But I, I feel like if you just stay in your lane, and just keep doing, you know, Most keep doing what you're supposed to be doing. I mean, as long as the customer's happy, at the end of the day, it don't matter. That, it, it really doesn't matter. Truth. As long as you're that's doing truth. the right things um, and not abusing the system and abusing the resources, I think it's fine.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I agree. I agree. It's it's something that that is just really a waste of time. We should all be, you know, teammates in, in the business together. Yeah. That's one thing that I've really realized here. With I, I've really worked hard to grow a community of buddies that. You know, you can't have a massive network of, of sharing intel, but I mean the importance of having a network of, you know, shared intel w- among a few guides or a few fishing buddies is 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 huge. I mean, I used to try to keep, you know, think it was really important to like keep every little thing that I'm learning kind of to myself, so I've not in a selfish way, but just in a protect, you know, what I know way and what I've yeah. learned. And then I started to realize like, you know, as I bring a few few other guides or buddies in that were constantly sharing Anyway, my fishing became way more productive. Their fishing became more productive, and it, it it worked. You know, working together as a team was just awesome. Is that is that something that you that you find yourself doing down there as well? Oh yeah,
1: yeah, no doubt about it. You know, I have a core group of guys that um, that one I trust. Right. Um, you know, and some some of these guys I've mentored in, in their guide business. You know, growing up as uh, being the old guy, uh, <laughs> <laughs> kind of mentored them along, but. You know, I, I've had you know tarpon mates over the years, um, and they're now full time fishing guys. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, you know, keep a core group of guys that you share information back and forth with. Um, and you know, now you know being in the game a while, uh, I got a lot of a lot of business that I end up referring to yeah. other guys that that I work with and. Um, you know, and, and it goes the same way. I
0: mean, for sure, some
1: of these guys, you know, if they're booked, they'll they'll reach out to me. If I if I'm not booked, I'm I'm in it, right? Definitely. But, um, but you're right. I think you can you can't maintain a network too big, right? Because the the, the set of information just kind of gets dwindled down to for sure. Uh, maybe it's not useful at the end, but uh, that's but a good yeah, way to point that. I, for, that core group group of guys i typically have five or six guys that i work with um and i and i tell people that call that maybe if i'm already booked you know as an example i booked tarpon a year in advance yeah well if you google search book grand tarpon i'm pretty confident i'm number one yeah but the problem with that is and i it's a good and bad they still call and they want to book next week
0: right right
1: I, you got to be looking at 2023, bro. Right, exactly. <laughs> but, exactly. But so I tell them, though, because I always want somebody to be able to experience that opportunity. Whether for it be sure. with me, I want I want them to be with me. For sure. But if I'm already booked, I got somebody for you, and I've already vetted them. That's the cool thing about having that network of guys Definitely. is because now the guy looking on the Internet, he don't know who he's calling. Right. He's just hoping – with what he sees on his website, on the guy's website is, you know, enough or inspiring enough that he's going to book the trip for with sure. him. Um, or it gets him on the phone and he's you know, and it's a good conversation and they end up booking. But in many cases, you know, I just tell people, I night, like, look, I've got five or six guys. I've already vetted. They have the quality boats, the gear, the right attitude and are very fishy guys. Yeah. You know, that's all you can really ask for. Definitely. As, as a guide searching for somebody else. Um, and, and it's very well received by people that are calling because they realize like look man this guy you know he's already booked for next week or and now he's booking for next year but he's got somebody within his wheelhouse that that he, he trusts can get the job done yeah and that's a question so that goes a long way
0: that's a question i'll get a lot of times too. referring trips is like you know i i am booked but i do have some guys that i that i book trips for or recommend would you want to fish with them and and people are always like, I mean, I will if, if you say that it's a good person, you know, if it's if you trust them. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't care how big social media, YouTube, Instagram, any of that stuff ever gets, nothing is going to be like word of mouth. If someone someone oh, that you directly person. are talking to or know vouches for someone or a business, no matter what it is, that's going to go much further than just googling. I mean, that's what I'm doing yeah. right now with these. We were talking before we went live about me getting these estimates on, on some stuff I got to do at this new house and i could go on google but pretty much everyone i've called for anything has been i'll post on instagram and be like hey i need need a concrete guy or need this and someone's like oh this is your guy this is your guy and and just i feel more confident already just knowing you know that that someone has has, exactly exactly yeah and knowing someone has fished with someone and and they're like you know hey we might we caught a few fish but man he was an awesome guy he definitely knew what he was doing or you know we caught a ton of fish but yeah it's that word of mouth is is crucial
1: I, i feel like you know, when, when I was that guy, you know, shopping for a fishing guide and select cities that I was going to, um, you know, I know what I was looking for as a fishing or as as somebody tried to book for a fishing trip. Um, and you know, yeah, I, I wanted to fish. Sometimes I got some pretty rough situations, (laughs) um, but which wasn't always on the website, but, um, you know, boat problems. Had to borrow a boat. Whatever, right? I, I've heard it all. <laughs> but, but you know, I think that you you look at some longevity of people. You look at the the circle of people that they hang with. Uh, sometimes the brands that they represent, uh, they that they're associated with, that comes a long way too. Because right. some of those top tier brands, they just don't you know circle up with anybody.
0: Right. I mean, it's... Right
1: there's I think that's a big part of it too and I and I really believe that despite how many fish you can catch really it comes down to the business model personality and just being a regular guy for sure um, that yeah still has a passion of doing it for sure and that's that's really because nobody wants to get on a boat with somebody that's all sour and didn't want to be there, and, or drunk from the night before. <laughs> <All right>. uh, <laughs> you know, we—I'm sure you've heard those stories too. But um, no, I, I still enjoy what I do. Um, I, it's getting all—it's getting tougher the older I get. You know, the older I get, but um, I do love fishing out of that Maverick. Now, I love just pulling along, nice and quiet, two anglers artificial Or even better, just uh, one angler. Fly. Oh, well, one angler would be a magic. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but you know, the fly guy, uh, or just one one angler throwing spin, man. I mean, it's just the conversations you can have, and and just kind of like get into the into the day, you know, into the, sure. what's happening. And I, I think that's one of the coolest things. And honestly, one of my favorite days to fish. I actually had a couple this past year. We get a crazy amount of fog, which huh. I'm sure you do as well. Yeah, we do. Uh, we we get a crazy amount of fog, and the days that it's super foggy, you can hear everything. <laughs> yeah. And if you just like just stop for a second and just listen to what's going on around you, it's pretty magic. Yeah. I put I put I had the opportunity to fish the guy that uh, was you know owner of Maverick Boat Group. Deal. Uh-huh. And um, I hadn't I worked with him for years and I rarely had the opportunity to fish him. I fished with him in December, and we had one of those days that it was just super foggy. I got great shots on Instagram. I got a permit on fly. I mean, it, it was one of those days. That's like, cool. Man, this is, this, is, this is what brings you back to the reason why you started.
0: It. Right, right, right. You know? It's those moments, man, in fishing and in anything. But like, I had one of those the other day, and it was just such a pretty day. First, first like warm spring day where I wasn't putting my jacket on every time I was, <laughs> yeah. I was taking it off when I got to a spot, putting it back on when I was running. But I was able to keep it off while I was running. And we pulled up into this little bay and like came off plane, cut the motor off, or we like drifting in there. You could hear the birds, and you're just just that moment of like, God. And we, 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 I wasn't even very confident about the spot we were about to fish. The tide was a little wonky. I was like, yeah. this is kind of a, I, I hate to admit it, but like a little bit of a time burning spot. We actually ended up catching fish in there but I was waiting for the tide for, for a spot a little bit further South and just hearing the birds, the, the warmth, the, the you know, just being out there on those days, man, it, it's, it's weird how it'll hit you sometimes. It's not always how you expect yeah. it, but how it'll hit you. And you're just, you know, you realize you're blessed to be out there and just any, any day you get to spend on the waters, whether you're guiding yeah. or just fishing for fun, it's just such a blessing. So.
1: Yeah. I, I think still for me today, you know, it, it's, that early morning ride yeah you know and we're you know this time of year we use a lot of live bait still and, yeah me too and it's it's all over the flats and but that early morning ride out to Airwards, just breaking sun and um that's still pretty magical and, for sure and i still enjoy that part of it i still enjoy having people on the boat uh don't get me wrong i on my 25 path monitor i'm not super excited about having four people slinging hooks <laughs> uh, that, that's not that's not my because I go from the maverick at one or two people the day before to four people on the Pathfinder slinging live bait. It's different, right? For sure. But I fortunately the people that are coming out with me, many of them are repeat clients, and I like them. Yeah. <laughs> so that helps. Definitely. But um, but you know, it, it's it's for every day. It's still different, and and you know, going you know to the for the show. It's, and what we talked about earlier, it's just changing venues for yeah, me it's yeah. going to in places fishing well i've not fished before and um some of these places i'm going to be visiting that when i was in the diamond business and hired those guys and some of those were guides that are already retired yeah but uh, going back to those same fisheries and fishing that and, that's uh, cool uh that that's gonna happen it'll be a full circle type
0: yeah thing, definitely the, the trip yeah. of inspiration <laughs> yeah that's right that's, that's awesome right. that's super cool We're Looking forward to that kind of stuff you know definitely man i don't i don't have a tv show or anything but i do enjoy capturing stuff on on video that i put on youtube and and i do like i rarely film like as far as i, I like on a day-to-day basis guiding i'm fishing inshore light tackle sight fishing that kind of thing but i very rarely am ever like filming around around home like I love to travel even just north and south in North Carolina you know doing hitting different types of fisheries and and just experiencing that and capturing that it's it's a lot of fun so um well I know every I feel like every fishery nowadays needs a voice for something Is, is there is there a place or is there is there anything going on in your area in Charlotte Harbor or you know the greater area around you that conservation wise you feel like really needs to be touched on or anything like that?
1: oh yeah a lot of things yeah, that's, i mean that's a that's a huge can of worms yeah but um yeah i mean honestly it's i moved here to be a fishing guide and and much of that decision was brought on by the area yeah. you know the the small little town which i still really like you know i i still love the area that i live in um charlotte Harbor was a special place and still is a special place um the challenges we're running into is is as i hear and see traveling for the show grass loss uh algae blooms whether it be red tides or you know these different algaes that are basically smothered in the turtle grass um it's a problem and there's lots of finger pointing uh lots of reasonings why i feel like that's happening um there's some unanswered questions yeah. of why it's happening and, and I, there's clearly people smarter than me that uh, at least are trying to work on a program for that. Um, we have a very old town uh, that's been around for many, many years, and it's directly connected to Charlotte Harbor. Sadly enough, most of those homes are still in septic. Wow. Um, so that there are, is – I just went to a Charlotte County Water Quality Summit uh, this pat, early part of March, and uh, there is traction for – new uh sewer systems be put in to eliminate the, uh, the septic side of it um but i think that's just the tip of the iceberg yeah um so yeah i mean grass loss is a problem you know you start losing grass you start losing forage right. uh, you start losing forage you start losing the predator fish that go after that and it's a trickle down effect and um i've been to a couple places here in florida that um used to have 18 inch turtle grass and it looked like beach sand underneath us um i was i was shocked i was i couldn't believe what i was seeing and in fact the guy i fished with was borderline in tears yeah so so that's that is my fear of what you know what can happen if if things don't get straightened around and uh, and like there's a lot of different wheels being pulled uh to try to rectify that situation but um, I also think too. I mean, we're just getting crazy amounts of rain in southwest Florida, in, in South Florida, and you know, with tropical storms and hurricanes and just rainy patterns through the summer, uh, the amount of influx of fresh water. Yeah. Uh, ugh, I mean, you can you can just look at Charlotte Harbor and and look at the Mayaka River and the Peace River and where those flow together. The amount of freshwater influx that comes through those uh you can look at those areas that are directly affected by that and how much grass loss is there i think that's that's a big factor too of which last i checked we can't change mother nature
0: right right. i don't know
1: I, i don't know how that's gonna work but i can tell you that generations that are just starting right now in the guide business they need to get involved uh to you know prolong the situation so you know maybe 20 30 years down the road from here uh, which I will be retired, <laughs> then then that guy will still have a fishery with success and with his client base that comes down, um, you know. And besides the the ecosystem and the estuary, you know, we need to take care of our fish. For sure, you know, you guys, you guys, you guys deal with a lot of issues um, that I see all the time going on with uh, nets and mm-hmm. and just fish handling and. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that comes into play, but I think that when people realize how important that fishery is, they'll start paying attention a little bit more. And that's one of the things I try to talk about is just handling the fish.
0: Yeah, um, definitely.
1: You know, you know, the, try not to. And I, I'm guilty, of, like tarpon fishing. We talked a little bit about tarpon fishing. Mm-hmm. You know, when when I'm tarpon fishing, years ago, you grab that joker however you can, and whether you grab him on his bottom lip or you grab him, you know, one hand on the bottom lip and with the other hand just the inside of the gill, it's bad news. Yeah. Because inevitably he's gonna not be happy about the situation. Your hand's gonna go someplace where probably shouldn't be. Um, so now we just it's we just say thumbs in. I mean, it's you lock in with your thumbs together, your elbows out, and you just try to keep him out of your face.
0: Yeah, that's awesome.
1: <laughs> but but that's really you know there's. So that's a podcast on itself, to be honest. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just just the management of the fishery and how you can, you know, one let those fish go, so they can produce more. Yeah. You know, I don't know what you guys have to deal with, you know, red tides, but we're having to deal with it way too often.
0: Yeah. And 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 for
1: us in 2018, we had a red tide event that was pretty devastating. Yeah. Like literally bulldozers and dump trucks taking fish off the beach. And, hmm. you know, and then I have people come down to visit me and they want to, they want to keep some fish for dinner. And I'm like, not going to happen. Yeah. Not, not inshore, totally catch your release. You want to catch something for dinner? Let's go mangrove snapper fishing. Let's go, you know, catch some kingfish. Let's catch some triple tail, uh, cobia. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Of course, if you catch a cobia, I'm probably going to get some of them. <laughs> just, <laughs> just a little, just a little I just pizza. need a bite for dinner. <laughs> That's it. <clears throat> That's it. But. I think that um, there's some really good organizations that are are working hard on on trying to rectify some situations where uh, to betterment for the the future. You know, I I work closely with CCA and have for many years, um, and they've they've been really good to me. I've been involved with some oyster bed restoration projects right here in our home waters. Um, And, you know, I mean, people think, oh, it's just an oyster bed, but... Those oysters, man, they filter a ton of water.
0: Filter a ton of water. I don't
1: think people realize just how much good those oysters can be. And I think in your area, you got piles of oysters.
0: We got a lot of oysters. Yeah. A lot of oysters. That's right. uh, Just ask my Maverick how many oysters we have.
1: (laughs) (laughs) New York City roadmap. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm sure.
0: But but Are yeah, we, well, I
1: can't wait to bring my Mavericks come see you. Yeah,
0: we'll come scratch it up a little bit. We'll come scratch yeah, it up. <laughs> I appreciate for
1: that. I appreciate that for
0: sure, for sure. Well, man, thank you so much, you guys. I'm gonna have before we end this. Is there anything else that you want to touch on? And I, I would love to have you on on another podcast and continue our conversation. Uh, but is there anything else you want to touch on on this? That anything we've, that you've thought of that, that we haven't been able to bring up?
1: No, nah, man. I feel I feel we covered a bunch, but. I'm sure there's another podcast in the future that we can dive deeper into some of the subjects. But uh, I, all I can say is I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, I sure. always enjoy doing these. I feel like you know, sometimes we can share a story of, from maybe somebody you follow that don't even know who they are. You just see their photos. Right. I feel like it's a really good way to kind of like, get into their life a little bit. Definitely. Um, that's, and that's one of the things I appreciate podcasts. And I appreciate what you do. Uh, the fact that you're also a guide, I think we can relate on a lot of different subjects. For sure, uh, it does it does help that you're running a Maverick and a Pathfinder. <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, but you know, I, I feel like uh, I feel like we cover a lot of ground here. Um, you know, I, I hope uh, if they haven't seen the show, your fans uh, definitely check out Waypoint TV. And, yeah,
0: for sure. Uh, it's
1: on it's on YouTube as well, but Guidelines TV is the name of the show and. Um, we're actually in a contest. I don't know if you saw the contest. I did see Waypoint. that. Yeah, yeah. So Waypoint is doing the the basically it's a, a series showdown, and it's going on now. Yeah. Like I just w- I just made it through round one. Uh, it's on Waypoint Fish on uh, Instagram. Okay. And uh, I think the next round is. Uh, I think it's early next week so okay. I'll be posting up on that
0: and, yeah definitely uh,
1: we, we need to rally some troops here so we, so we can get some votes to go through that next round
0: heck yeah shoot me a reminder next week too and I'll, I'll throw it up on, on the Instagram for Eastern Current yeah. as well as my, my own but I'll have you guys I'll have on the podcast platform and on, on YouTube I will have uh, all, the, all of Jay's stuff all of his website uh, his Instagram his show all that stuff so y'all can go follow him on there but if you haven't seen any of his stuff definitely go check it out because it is it's awesome and and just you know just a really really cool perspective on on his fisheries and the fisheries he gets to travel and get fish so uh man like i said we, we'll have to fish together sometime whether me down there with you in florida are you coming up here and have to yeah. get you on another podcast but i do appreciate you hopping on here and sharing your time with us and uh we just want to say thank you
1: yeah absolutely well again appreciate having me on Look forward to
0: doing it again. For sure. Well, guys, thank you all so much for checking out this episode of Eastern Current. Uh, We will see you all next week. Later. All
1: right. See you, bud.